If your worldview is anything like mine and you are against globalism, then you will also probably be aware that the Davos conference get-together of the globalist elites put on by the World Economic Forum every year is the epicenter of pretty much everything bad that happens in the world. <laughs> I mean, that's not an exaggeration. This is where the plans are made, and we get to see a little bit of it, very little, of course. We get to hear tidbits, but for the most part, everything's happening behind closed doors. This is where business leaders, world leaders, and people of interest, people of note, are able to get together and come together with their, their evil plans. Now, to say, oh, well, if you go to Davos, that means you're evil, that's not true. Okay, I want to be clear about that. A lot of times people will say, oh, you know, he attended Davos, therefore he's evil. That's not the case, okay? Uh, there's a combination of things that happens here. Part one, of course, are is the planning aspect of it. What are we going to do as evil globalist elites to either subjugate or kill the masses? They want you either controlled or dead. That's their goal. Okay, this is the entire premise behind the Great Reset. They won't say that part out loud. They'll say, "Oh no, you're going to be happy. You're going to love it. You'll you'll own nothing, and you'll be you'll be ecstatic by that." That's that's the storyline. But in reality, they just they don't really care. They know that there's too many people in the world. That's what, that's their perspective. That there's just too many people in the world, and most of them are just useless eaters. So we've got to kill a lot of people and or let them die. I guess is the better way to put it. And the rest of them will be under our control, and then we can live in utopia, this, the globalist elite utopia. That's part one. But part two of their their reason for having this, this uh, meeting every year is to try to test out and recruit people as well as to persuade them to back their plans. Not everybody that goes to Davos is inherently evil. Okay, I want to be clear about that. Sometimes people will go there and the entire intent, at least from the globalist perspective, is to feel them out, see where they stand, maybe coax them in one direction or the other. They can't completely control everybody. If they did, then we would already be well, either dead or controlled. Okay, so they still need to depend on world leaders, depend on business leaders. And that's why a lot of times they bring them. It's reminiscent of, you know, there was a Back in, in the college days, I went to a, I was at a, in a fraternity and one of the, you know, I, I was out with a, probably, I think it was probably my first party that I'd ever gone to there. And I brought in a friend who I'd gone to high school with and I said, Hey, you know what? Uh, I brought in one of the senior members of the fraternity to meet him. I was like, Hey, you know, what can you tell him? Tell Brandon as the guy that I'd introduced him to. What can you tell? Brandon? <laughs> no, not that Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. No, not no, this is a different Brandon. Uh, you know, what can what can you tell him to convince him to join our fraternity? And and he, the senior member, he took him took Brandon by the shoulders and he said, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you just go mingle? You know, just go have some fun. Go, you know, go go to the bar. Go go have some fun." He pulled me aside and he said, "Look, yeah, our goal here we we don't we're not making a pitch during these parties. The whole idea is to just get people to see what the environment is like, what the what the culture here is like." And to either picture themselves as being part of this group, part of this club, part of this fraternity, or not. And, uh, you know, if they, if they like it, they'll come to the next party. And, and then we can, you know, maybe start talking to them more about stuff. But we can't just dive straight into, here are our plans, here's what we're going to do. And that's pretty much what happens at Davos. It's like a, a big globalist fraternity party. That's why you have certain people who 
who aren't globalists, who are, you know, nationalists for their country, uh, people like Donald Trump, even, you know, people who will go there and, uh, you know, the, the, the intention isn't because they're participating in the evil plans. They're not behind the closed doors meetings with Bill Gates and Barack Obama and Klaus Schwab and George Soros and anybody else. They're actually having their own you know, little discussions. They're being coaxed. They're being groomed, if you will, you know, the felt they're trying to feel them out, see, see where they stand. And that's why a lot of times you'll see a lot of these people that'll go there and never come back. You know, they don't get an invite. Eh, how'd you do with Donald? Well, he seems kind of, kind of really stuck on that whole nationalism thing. I don't know if what we can do with him. It's like, okay, we'll just, we won't invite him next year. And that's it. All of that is the setup for a big story that actually broke yesterday or recently. Uh, but I'm getting to it today. Uh, the is the title of this particular article that I'm posting up on Knock Report and uh, JDRucker.com, my new site, as, as well as some others, is the beginning of the end. Why Vladimir Zelensky's upcoming virtual appearance at Davos is a bigger deal than most realize. And it's I should probably give you guys the background. So so let me cut straight to the the Breitbart article. Okay, Ukraine's. President Vladimir Zelensky will address the Globalist Forum of Elites in Davos, Switzerland later this month, uh, the World Economic Forum announced on Friday. The annual meeting of business elites and government leaders will once again take place in the Swiss ski resort of Davos later this month after being held virtually during the prior two years during the Chinese coronavirus crisis. On Friday, the Klaus Schwab-led group announced the President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, will join their annual meeting virtually as the war continues to devastate his country. The meeting, which will run uh, from May 22nd to May 26th, will feature globalist heavyweights such as European Commission and President. It is, it, obviously, there's going to be a lot of powerful people there. Let's skip ahead. So, mostly because I can't pronounce all these names, if I'm being... Uh, oh, there's one. I, I, John Kerry. John Kerry. I can pronounce that one. Excellent. All right. Uh, since the full invasion of Ukraine in February by Russian forces, Zelensky has become a staple in Western media and has frequently appeared via video link in parliaments and Congress around the world, including the British, Canadian, and German parliaments and the Congress of the United States. The comedian turned president previously addressed the World Economic Forum in January of 2020 and has a biography page on the WEF's website dedicated to him. Now, I want to be clear. So, so this, is, this is why this is so important that he's actually going to be attending this one virtually. He didn't attend. Okay, he didn't attend in 2021. And this is before, of course, the, the war. There was no reason for him not to attend. But I believe if you were to watch, and I'm not going to play it all here, you'll have to, to look it up yourself, look up his speech at Davos in 2020. It is very revealing. Klaus Schwab introduces him uh, after this extraordinarily globalist speech by Vladimir Zelensky, talking about climate change, but more importantly, talking about the need for global responses to all of our problems. And again, keeping in mind that this is just prior to the, the pandemic. And the pandemic had been launched, but it wasn't a central point in, in, in that particular Davos meeting. This time, it was. You know, what we're seeing now, obviously, they're focused on it. But he, he did his speech, and it was, frankly, it was very good. I mean, if I was a globalist, I'd be like, wow, this guy's a rising star. I remember the last time I thought about that, uh, thought that about someone was in 2004 during the Democrat National Convention when I saw a young senator named Barack Obama go up on stage, and he killed it. I mean, he absolutely killed it. I mean, again, I'm not a Democrat, obviously, but, but I'm saying from the Democrats' perspective, and I said to myself, this is back in 2004, I said, man, they are getting this guy ready 
to be the leader. They want him to be president. And rightfully so. Not Again, from their perspective, <laughs> rightfully so, because he really did deliver an absolutely stunning speech for such a, a young, fresh-faced uh, con- uh, senator. Sorry, I was about to say congressman. Senator. For such a young, fresh-faced senator, he had really he really killed it during his speech. And that was the last time that I thought that about somebody, you know, somebody up and coming who delivered such a good speech that I thought, man, they're going to be be uh, positioned, you know, promoted, groomed uh, to be the top dog. And when I saw Zelensky's speech during the 2020 Davos, I thought pretty much the same thing. And Klaus Schwab reacted. He started asking questions afterwards. You could tell. I mean, he was he was infatuated with him. He really thought, wow, this guy really killed it. And he did. Now, fast forward, and this is where we get to the the conspiratorial part. So go ahead and go grab your tinfoil hat if you need one. If you haven't been normalized to my conspiracies, you'll uh, you'll probably want to shield yourself at least a little bit because it's going to get get pretty heavy here soon. This year's push, this year's Davos, is specifically out in the open about advancing the Great Reset. Okay, that's I mean that's not a conspiracy theory in itself. That's that's what they're saying. Okay, they they want to advance. The Great Reset, and they want to do it very quickly. And to do that, they need to, number one, destroy capitalism. Now they say they're trying to convert capitalism, trying to bring it more towards uh, stakeholder capitalism instead of shareholder capitalism, which is neo-Marxism. Just with the, you know, it's kind of like, you know, they say democratic, democratic socialist. That's that's not really a a thing. Uh, They made it a thing. Because that's basically it normalizes and, and makes socialism sound better. The same thing can be said about stakeholder capitalism. That is socialism. It's where you take a company, you divvy it up between the employees. They technically own it, except they don't really own anything. You know, their share is not is not anything other than symbolic. Okay, it's not like they are they they are running the company per se. They still have to. Anyway, I don't even want to talk about that either, because that's that's uh, that's a long discussion. It's not that I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. Use my time here today to talk about that. We'll table that one, and I'll explain stakeholder capitalism as the World Economic Forum uh, sees it in the future. And I had a very ugly discussion with Klaus Schwab's number two guy, uh, DMs back and forth. It was pretty ugly. I mean, it wasn't pretty ugly. It was very ugly. Um, it's something that I, I uh, let's just say that I learned very quickly that if if somebody deletes a chat a DM chat in, or DM thread in uh, Twitter that it deletes it on your end as well. I didn't know that. So I didn't take screenshots like a dummy. Um, I should have. But anyway, so uh, that's that's number two. And then number three, they want to they, to be able to accomplish their goals. They need to end Western supremacy. You know, with the Western culture led by the United States, that includes the you know, NATO and the European Union, includes uh, Australia, you know, the Western nations. These... They want, the World Economic Forum needs that supremacy to be ended. This is one of the reasons why. I know they come out and they say, oh, we're against Russia, we're against Russia, we're against China, we, we don't like this, we don't like that. It's all subterfuge, folks. It's smokescreen. It's, it's putting on a happy face for the sake of still being, being able to maintain control over many of the Western leaders. Because the Western leaders who aren't you know, privy to the long-term plans, they do want to see China and Russia viewed as the enemy and them as the, as the superheroes. This is one of the reasons why they are doing such a fine job of pushing these 
these uh, sanctions on Russia, despite the fact that the sanctions are hurting us much more than they're hurting them. The ruble has gained 11, po 11 uh, points against the dollar since the, the war began. I don't think that's what they were intending to happen, right? I don't think that was supposed to be the, the goal here. You know, we're experiencing uh, harsher food shortages than they are. They have control of this. They, they egged us on into these sanctions. The World Economic Forum pushed the sanctions. Joe Biden and his cronies pushed the sanctions. And now all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, the sanctions, not only are they not working, they're not ending this war at all, not even coming close to ending this war, they're actually doing more damage to the Western nations that are sanctioning them than they are doing to Russia itself. And yes, I know the Russian people are hurting as a result, but lest we forget, when you're dealing with uh, totalitarian uh, regimes such as Vladimir Putin's, such as Xi Jinping's, they don't look at it as, a, oh, you know, what about the suffering of the people? They know they have control. And so they, they have more flexibility to to allow more suffering among their people without fear of repercussion. Not unlike here, you know, when the suffering is already getting started here in the United States and people are ready to, to boot Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and the Democrats out of Capitol Hill, and rightfully so. And that, at least that second part on Capitol Hill, that is almost certainly going to happen in November, but I digress. So, those are the goals. Push the Great Reset uh, and capitalism as we know it, replace it with stakeholder capitalism, which is not capitalism, and end supremacy of Western society over the world. That's what they're going to be talking about. This is the this is a very big, you know, Davos is a big event every year. This one is huge. This one is, to me, like I said in the title, this is the beginning of the end. If they are able to to achieve their goals, we will look back to May of twenty twenty two as the catalyst, the starting point. And the, the, this is where Zelensky comes in. I believe that he is being positioned to become essentially the leader of the movement, not the leader of the World Economic Forum, not the leader of the New World Order. He's still going to be essentially a puppet, but he's going to be a very powerful puppet. He will be, in my opinion, he will help to bring about a peace agreement with Russia. And from there, he will be vaulted into sainthood, even more so than he has already. I mean, as of now, Western media absolutely adores him. He can do no wrong to Western media. If you say he does anything wrong, they pounce on you. And as a matter of fact, it's not just Western media. Yeah, I would say, and it's not even just the left. I get attacked every day by certain quote-unquote conservatives who are like, oh my gosh, you Putin apologist, you. You know, as I've always said many times, I do not like Vladimir Putin. I never have. I've always considered him to be our enemy. I do not like Russia. I never have. I've considered them to be our enemy even when a lot of people were softening on them. Okay? When a lot of people were like, oh, you know, Russia's not so bad. I was still thinking back to the Soviet era. I still consider them. I've never stopped considering my entire life. I've considered Russia to be our enemy from when they were the Soviet Union to when they were just Russia. I've always, always thought that Russia is our great threat. The great threat to this nation. Greater than China, even though today I would say they're probably co-equal. Co they're, they're partners in being the, the greatest threat to the United States of America. So this Davos meeting is an important one. And we will be watching Vladimir Zelensky's ascension from being president of Ukraine to the opening volley in his, in his ascension to being essentially the, the leader of the, this globalist movement. 
the face of the globalist movement. And I'm talking bigger than just like Greta Thunberg being the face of climate change hysteria. I'm talking about Zelensky will actually be truly legitimately elevated in not just the eyes, but also in power. He will be given much, much control over a lot of things. And he will be the the puppet, but the very powerful puppet, the guy that they they, um, trot out across the globe, represents freedom, democracy, represents the people, represents everything that's supposed to be good in this world. That's going to be Vladimir Zelensky. He's going to be this great world leader that history is supposed to look back and say, oh my gosh, we were lucky to have to have even had a moment to see him to see him on television. Yes, that's what this Davos is about, and that's why it's so important that he is in attendance and a centerpiece of all of this. Vladimir Zelensky is the face of the Great Reset, and that will be established. In my humble opinion, again, I don't have facts. I'm just going, you know, reading the tea leaves. In my humble opinion, that happens this month. Lord willing, I will be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, you all stay strong, stay safe, and God bless.